Welcome to the Parents at Work podcast, the podcast for parents who want to excel at work, even though they have children. I'm the host, Tom Spiegel. I'm with the Spiegel Law Firm, where we represent people who have problems with family responsibilities, discrimination, and we have a soft spot in our hearts for folks that are experiencing pregnancy discrimination. And I am thrilled today to have on our program, Justin Batt. Justin is, has got an, an interesting story. He started his own website to deal with the fatherhood crisis and the lack of not only fathers in the house, but just engaged fathers generally. He's got his own website called daddysaturday.com. And I will throw it over to you, Justin, to tell us a little bit more about that and how you got there. Thanks, Tom. I really appreciate the opportunity to be on the podcast today and appreciate what you do for families out there as well and, and honored to speak with you. You know, I'll tell you, it's been quite a journey and it, it actually, I have on my LinkedIn profile that I'm the founder and CEO of Daddy Saturday or, or Chief Daddy. And I just a couple of days ago had my 10 year anniversary reminder come up for the time that I've been with, with Daddy Saturday officially. And that's because my daughter just turned 10 years old. So this journey has been over a decade and it really all started 10 years ago when my wife launched her bridal boutique and ventured out as an entrepreneur. And me being the, the good husband or trying to be the good husband that I could be and supporting her, agreed to take our daughter when she was born on Saturday so my wife could go to work. And that was two weeks after she was born. So here I was as a new dad with this infant baby girl trying to put the diapers on straight and you know not break her frankly. <laughs> and, you know, my wife had an immense amount of trust in me at that point, which I'm thankful for. But then that that emerged and that grew as we now have four children. So our oldest, Hayden Olivia, the only girl is 10. And then Blaine is eight, Mason is five, and Easton is now three. And over the course of all those years and me spending time with my children on those Saturdays, when my wife worked, it wasn't long before they started looking at me and knowing that it was just going to be dad on Saturday. And they started affectionately calling it daddy Saturday. And they would wake up in the morning and they would run in the room and they'd say, it's daddy Saturday. And you know, what are we doing today? What's the plan? And it'd get me out of bed. And I quickly realized that Tom, I could just loaf into a Saturday. I had to have a plan and, and my kids wanted to be engaged. And I was at a crossroads early on at that point where I had to make a decision. And was I just going to be like most dads, and you're tired on Saturdays. You've worked hard all week long. You know, you've put in your dues, you've put in your hours at work and in your career. And you know, now you have to make a choice. Do you take time for yourself or do you invest some of that time with your kids? And I did it with my kids. I became intentional and I formed that plan. And the results and the payoff was something more than I could have ever imagined. And I'll say that at this point, many folks look at me and, and they say, well, gosh, I'm getting kind of dad envy at this point. And I'll say, Tom, I'm far from a perfect dad. But what I will say is that because I've been intentional and put in those hours on Saturdays and engaged my kids, that it's it's given me the ability to make a whole lot of deposits so that when I make those routine withdrawals, um, as every father does, 
that I can say that I've still got a healthy balance because of that time with my kids. And so, you know, here we are now, 10 years later, four kids. And there was a point where I realized that this platform was bigger than just us. The neighborhood kids started to come over and play, started to be known in the community. We started filming our antics on YouTube and putting them out there on our YouTube channel on Daddy Saturday. And we started having people contact us and and want to do the same thing. And then I was very fortunate a couple of months ago to give a, a TEDx on the topic of fatherlessness. And a big part of that was the Daddy Saturday story. And I can't tell you the number of people that have reached out and said, I appreciate your message. I feel the same way. I'm a father who gets it done during the week, but I feel like I'm failing on the weekends with my kids. And you gave me some inspiration, perhaps even you know, poke me with a red hot poker to, to get engaged with my kids. And, you know, they're seeing the benefits too. So I've realized this is bigger than myself. And it's my, my honor, my privilege and a blessing to hopefully change fatherhood and, and this generation and the next and help folks be engaged with their kids. Uh, yeah, I love it. I got to say, your site is just so engaging. And for those who haven't seen it, and I, and I hope we'll check it out certainly after this podcast, I mean, you've got some great videos up there with some of the things that you've, you're doing with your kids. And, you, and you're right. I looked at that and I, I was like, I had a little bit of dad envy. I have to say, I'm like, you know, I consider myself pretty present for my, for my kids, but that, that takes it up to a whole new level. And I also love the ambition of your mission. I didn't mean for that to rhyme. That worked out pretty well. You know, like having your, your sort of moonshot. I mean, you're looking to like to change fatherhood and you're absolutely right. I mean, I, it's, it's certainly there are the straight up fathers just not being around and that's a big enough problem, but there is this, you know, even when dad's in the house, he only gets there at six or seven and then he's on his, you know, iPhone, you know, you quote some of these statistics on your website. He's on his iPhone for, you know, a good bit of that time and and just just zoning out and your kids, you know, end up, yeah, you're there, but they're getting the hind end of uh, of any kind of energy you have left. So what you're doing is so important and I think fathers they're not given the permission to to be, I mean, I don't want to be, always you know as fathers we got to take our own responsibility, but they're not often given the permission to be that intentional. I I remember you know, and then I, I'm gonna shut up and let let you talk since you got the cool stuff to say. But I I you know occurs to me what you're doing. I don't know if you've ever seen or read the book called The Modern Dad's Dilemma, but it's uh, it occurs to me that some of the messages in there are you know you're just really picking those up and, and running them with it. But it's a great book, and it's called called The Modern Dad's Dilemma, uh, written by a guy named Check Out his name, but John Badlament. We'll put that in the show notes too. And I, I don't get any, I don't know the guy, I don't get any benefit from, from saying anything about this book, but I read it and it was the first time I really thought about fatherhood being something that I did other than just at the end of my day or after work. You know, I really, it's the first time I'm like, this is a vocation, just like maybe the more important one that, that anything that you, you know, can do. So, I mean, kudos to you. Well, thank you. And, and I think, you know, you like many other dads, it's, it's not that you don't want to. It's just sometimes, one, we don't know how because our fathers and their fathers and their fathers, it was a different time, a different generation. And, and we just didn't, they didn't engage their kids like that. And, you know, my, my dad was a, a good dad, a very good dad. He was there. He was president, spent time with me, went to every ball game I ever had. And, and there were many of those. But, you know, at the end of the day, he still wasn't intentional in a lot of the time that we had together. And, you know, I just recognized that there was this opportunity and I saw the transition in our culture to where, yeah, there was that void where there's a lot of dads just not in the home. In fact, a third of the kids in this country do not have a biological father living in the home. 
But then those that do have a dad in the home, like you mentioned, how many of them just are not engaged because of the pressures of life and the demands of life and the, frankly, the influence of technology. And so, you know, a big part of my platform is really just being intentional. And I was talking to someone earlier today and they asked me the question. They said, well, what about for some of the folks out there where they may work on Saturdays or Saturday just isn't an option for them? And I said, you know, here's the deal. I sit down with my kids in the morning for breakfast. I get up really early. I do my devotional. I I exercise. And then I try to be there for my kids during breakfast. And we sit at the table. We talk about the day. I ask them what their goal is for the day. I share my goal for the day. And that gives us a rallying point. We laugh. We joke. We start the day off on a positive note. And we try to control the chaos with four kids of getting ready for school and getting everybody you know, out the door. But it gives us that one moment to pause and be together in the mornings. And you know, for some, that may be all the time that they have. But again, you know, it's how do you be intentional in all of those areas when you do have that time with your kids? And then at the end of the day, to bring it full circle, we come back together at dinner. We try to eat dinner as a family as much as possible between ball games and dance classes and all the other things that are going on. But it gives me a chance to ask them, hey, how'd, you, how'd your day go? Did you accomplish your goal? And if they say yes, then we celebrate. If they say no, then we talk about why they didn't. And I'm trying to establish goal setting and priorities in my kid's life at a young age. And it's paying off and it's working and it's so much fun to celebrate with them. And it's also okay to let them fail. And, and you know, that's where I just believe that another topic in parenting, you know, we just got to stop being our kid's hero, Tom. We need to allow them to be the hero and we need to be the guide in that process. And in doing so, we don't enable our kids. We allow our kids to experience failure, to experience success and overcome those obstacles. And I think for, for so many dads, it's just coming to that self-actualization or realization that they may have a different role than they thought to play in their kid's life. And it's a role of being more intentional and being more of a guide instead of trying to, to be the hero. Yeah, that's so important. I never really thought about it that way, but you're right. I mean, whether we mean to or not, I think dads, you're right, end up either feeling like they have to or playing the hero, you know, the one that hits the ball the farthest, the one that changes the tire, you know, whatever, that may be the stereotypical, you know, male role and to, you know, both be intentional and allow your children to to, to be the to be the hero. I mean, they talk about it, you know, just, you know, when they talk about marketing, you know, they talk about, you know, let your, you know, let your customer be the hero of their story. And why not do that with parenting? Let your child be the hero of their, of their own, you know, their own lives. You know, while, while, while you were talking, it just occurred to me, I love the, I think the goal setting and all that is, you know, a lot of people I interview on this program, or a number of them, you know, kind of apply, have been successful. I interviewed a, a guy just two days ago, successful in, a, in applying you know, business techniques, not to turn families into businesses, but, you know, the same kind of intentionality we apply to businesses, to families, goal setting and mission statements and all of that. And I think the goal setting is great. You know, one story, and I don't do this in my house, although we probably should, but, but I loved it. And I'll just throw this out there for, for you too. I remember hearing about the woman who started started Spanx and she said in, in her, I, th- I love this idea. She said in her house, like her father, like would go around the table and ask the children, you know, how their day went. But one of the things he would ask them is like, what mistakes did you make? Not in like a, like, he wanted to hear about mistakes and he wanted to praise them because his view was like, if you're not making mistakes, you're not taking risks and trying. And he said, you know, she said she always remembered that. And it taught her at a young age that, you know, you're not, the goal isn't to get everything right. The goal is to, to get out there and, and risk things and try. And if you make a mistake, that's okay. That's how you learn. Man, I, I love that. I think that's great. And and you're so right. And, you know, half of 
half of our problem in our society today is it goes back to that concept of enablement, right? We don't allow our kids to fail. We don't celebrate failure. And, you know, that's the, the change in our economy is entrepreneurship. And it's all this small business. And, and look at the amount of people that fail in small business every day, but it's the ones that rise up that can get through it. Those success stories, many times it's the culmination of multiple failures. And the challenge is that when our kids, and, you know, part of my platform is raising good kids that become great adults. In order to do that, you have to experience failure when you're a child because that's the time when failure is small. It's minimal. It's insignificant right. in terms of the greater scope. But if you don't experience those failures when you're young, when you do experience failure in life when you're older, because it will happen, then it becomes tragic half the time and they don't know how to respond to it. And so I think your point is spot on. And it's how do you encourage not, not encourage failure per se, but how do you encourage the ability for your kids to take risks, to stretch themselves, put themselves in situations where it's not guaranteed to be successful and allow them to experience some of that. But again, you're serving as a guide to get them through that, to help them not repeat the same mistake and to learn from the situation. Yeah, no, absolutely. Well, before I forget, because I'd love to get in the show notes to, and, and then we'll get back to, to talking about what you got going on. Tell me briefly about your your wife's endeavor. What's her store? Does she, has a, does she have a website? How's that going? Yeah, so Hayden Olivia Bridal is named after our daughter. Has been in existence for, for almost 10 years now. And it's in Charlotte, North Carolina. So HaydenOlivia.com. And, you know, it's been one of the greatest things we've done as a, as a married couple. It's caused us to be business partners as well as life partners. And there's significant challenges that come with that. What I would say is, you know, we would do it 100 times over and fail 100 times over just from the value that we've learned. And it's been so amazing being able to support my wife and watch her be successful as an entrepreneur and live vicariously through her in that respect. And it's done wonders for me because it's allowed me to be home with my kids and is a reason why I have Daddy Saturday. So it's been a mutually beneficial platform and and we're very grateful for the opportunity. Can you, can you just spell it for me, the Hayden Olivia, just so we get that right? Yep. So it's H-A-Y-D-E-N-O-L-I-V-I-A.com. And, you know, funny story, when my wife was launching her business and, and Hayden Olivia was probably between two and three years old, people would ask her what her name was. And we were establishing the company and the website. So we would say HaydenOlivia.com all the time. And she actually started telling people her name was HaydenOlivia.com. Awesome. That is a riot. Well, now that she's 10 years old, she must really... I mean, to have her name, I must, that must be awesome for, for her and for you guys. She does think it's pretty cool. And, and now they have a, a YouTube channel, too. So they just think they're, they're little rock stars in their own life. That's awesome. Well, I, I will put that in the show notes and folks should, should go, go check it out. Let me ask you, I mean, what would you say to someone like me or any father who's out there like, OK, like I want to be more intentional. How do I do that? I mean, I mean, you know, obviously deciding to is one, but like how to. What practical steps are there? I mean, I know the first one would be to look at your 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 website, your your videos. They're very inspiring. But what would you say? How do folks get started in that? Yeah, it's it's tough. You know, it's still a challenge for me because you get to the end of the week, it's Friday, and I'm like, I know I've got Saturday coming. I have to have this great idea. How do I come up with something original? How do I not spend a fortune on every single Saturday doing something with my kids? But how do I also do something that's going to be engaging for them? And you know, I think. What I found was first to take the pressure off of everybody. You know, when I say the word epic, because we want to have an epic day together, what I found is that if you're intentional, if you engage your kids, and if you just 
create an environment where you're together. It just has a way of becoming epic. Epic does not have to be expensive. That's first and foremost. I think from the intentionality standpoint, to truly answer your question, I think it comes down to just carving out margin in your life to be able to take the time to actively think about yourself as a father and, and how you want to engage your kids. Because, you know, so often we get to the end of our week and we're just spent. You're burnt out. You have no gas left in the tank. And that, that not only means physically, but that's mentally. And so, you know, if you get to that point where it's not a routine and you're not actively looking for ways to engage your kids, then it's just frankly not going to happen. So a lot of it's behavior change and creating enough margin in your life that you allow for that to happen. The other thing I think is to realize that I certainly don't come up with all those ideas organically myself. A part of that time is I go and do research. I watch YouTube videos or I look online or I search to try and find things that I think my kids would be engaging. I talk to my kids and I have a repository of ideas or things that they're looking at or they want to do that I store in my brain. And some of it's just me being crazy and coming up with stuff like pulling them on a tube behind the golf cart on a football field. That was awesome. I mean, that's just me saying, if I was a kid, what would be really fun to do? And that's something that I thought would be fun. So there's a mix of things there. What I also say is that because of my own challenges, I'm, I'm working to create some resources to help fathers. So I have the Daddy Saturday book coming out in in uh, late spring, just in time for Father's Day, of course. And That's the book will have 52 ideas, obviously 52 weeks in a year, for every father to engage their children around. So I'll, I'll have those. We've got the YouTube channel, which is targeted towards kids, so that they watch it and then they go tell their parents, hey, Dad, I'd love to do this. Can we do this this weekend? But certainly it's also there as a resource for the parents and the fathers. And then the, the Daddy Saturday Dad Box will be a new new launch next year. And that'll be a pre-made curated box that's delivered monthly with four weekly activities, either the ideas, the actual resources or the, the products that fathers can order. And it'll be a done for you way based on the demographics and the age range of their kids, boy, girl, that'll help them have those at their disposal that are pre-planned. So, you know, I recognize it's hard and I'm working to create some solutions that will help fathers engage their kids and be more intentional. That's, that's fantastic. I noticed that on your website, you had a shop section that's, uh, that's st- nothing there yet, but stuff coming. I think that's a fantastic idea. Uh, all of it. I, I look forward to, to keeping track of all that because there is tremendous value in solving those problems. And, and, you know, some of it is, is, and, you know, now that I think about it, you know, it's, and, and they say any problem that's solved becomes simple after it's solved. <laughs> but like, you know, you, you were saying like, it's just a matter of planning. Like, as like, as I think about my like, duh, like, of course, like, you know, if you're, if you're, if you get, if you're at a job and you get paid to do something and you're having meetings and you got projects, like you plan, like that's just sort of like a, what you do, but then you don't, like, I'm including myself on this. You don't plan with your own family. Like that's, I mean, I roll into my, my Friday night and Saturday, like, I'm like, okay, I'm here, you know, and I'm certainly willing and we do do things, but it's like, we wake up on Saturday and like, okay, now what? But you're right. Like if you don't like with any other endeavor in life, if you don't think about it beforehand, have some intentionality and some vision and have put a little bit elbow grease into it, well, of course it's going to, it's not, you know, it's not going to be, you know, and sometimes spontaneous will happen, but it's not going to be, as you put it, epic. <laughs> you haven't planned for it. Well, Tom, you just said it, and I thank you. You were probably more direct than I even was. And, you know, I, I'll, I'll call myself out here and I'll say, you know, it comes Friday night, you get the kids to bed. I'm tired. It's like, do I watch a movie? 
Do I go on and browse the internet? Do I take time for myself? Or do I take 15 or 30 minutes and plan for my day with my kids tomorrow? And that's, that's all it is. It's not like you're saying five hours of research. It's literally a short period of time. And that's what intentionality means. It's just that you're putting someone else ahead of yourself. And in this case, it's your children and it's your role as a father. And it doesn't take much. It's a little bit of effort, but it's that, it's that planning. It's that preparation that allows it to happen. Well, and I'm sure, I mean, just from a, you know, thinking from my own selfish perspective, you know, like I'm sure it's better for you too, because, you know, I know my Saturdays, like, yeah, we'll have a good time. But like, if your kids are, you know, half the time you're chasing them to get off of the device or to, you know, put down their, you know, video game or whatever to get them to go out. And then you've only got 37 minutes because it took you, you know, that time, all that time to mobilize people. That's not fun for the parent either. So it must be so much nicer for you just to see the fruit of that and be like, okay, we're up, we're going, we've got a plan. And, you know, so not only are they having a better time, you're having a better time. Yeah, you're you're spot on. You know, there's two ways that I define success typically on on a Saturday. One is when I watch my kids lose their mind when I tell them what we're actually doing because I typically keep it a surprise until the day. And like, for example, the golf cart tubing, I mean, they literally lost their minds, especially the boys when they heard what we were doing. So that was one definition of success, just seeing that their excitement around, you know, what we're actually planning to do. And that's so much, so much fun for me. That's so rewarding and validating as a father. And then the second is when they put themselves to bed at the end of the day, because they're so tired, I have worn them out. They have worn me out, but it's been a day well spent. And, you know, normally I tell them bedtime stories and tuck them in. And it's awesome when they literally look at me and say, dad, I'm going to bed and they walk in and fall asleep because the fruits of our day have been so rewarding. Yeah, well, and it's, you know, I need to get on the stick and start it too. I mean, you've got a 10-year-old. My oldest is 12. And I, I mean, I'm already seeing it with a 12-year-old where he's starting to, you know, as, as he should, as he's getting older, like mentally sort of break away, you know, like, and not that he's not available to do things. He's still just 12. He's not out driving around. But, you know, like there is a, a short window of time where, you know, there is that magic. There is, you know, the, that they, you know, that the, you have that that kind of moldable clay to be able to work with. So I, it's, it's, it's heartening to hear you take advantage of that. And I know that I need to, too. But just as I'm talking, I'm, I'm curious as with your own experience and if you have any thoughts. Maybe you don't because you're not quite there yet. But does it change as they get older or do you have any thoughts about that? fine if you don't. It just occurred to me as I was asking the question. No, I, I love the question. And of course, you know, now that the platform's gotten bigger than me, I need to address that certainly because there's fathers at the other end of that spectrum where they've got teenagers and kids about to leave the home. So how do you still engage them? Because it's not as easy as as it is when they're young and captive and they, they can't drive anywhere or go anywhere. So, you know, I think that, that what I would say there is that one, it starts it starts when they're young. So if you can do it when they're younger, they just become conditioned to it. And so it becomes a part of their routine. But certainly for somebody starting this now where you have a 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18 year old, you know, how do you do it when you haven't conditioned yourself? And how do you how do you engage that child? What I would say is that, you know, I know when I was a teenager, when my dad came to me and said, hey, bud, do you want to go do this? And he had a plan and he made an, an honest request. It was really hard for me to say no. And I was, yeah. I was honored that my dad had asked me to do something with him. And frankly, you know, most kids, they, that's what they just want. They just want the request. And I think, you know, there's this 
weird dichotomy because in our in our minds, we tell ourselves a story as parents or as fathers where our teenagers, we say, you know what, they won't they don't want to hang out with me. They don't think I'm cool. They're not going to like this. This isn't going to be fun for them. So we start telling ourselves that story when, in fact, it's all a lie. And our kids would love to hang out with us. They would love just to do something with us. It could be something as simple as taking a bike ride to go get an ice cream cone. You know, that those opportunities are still there. It's just that we've conditioned our kids to allow themselves to entertain themselves. So the use of technology or, you know, to go play with friends, that, that's all fine. There's a time and a place for that. But I think, you know, if you, if you don't intervene and you don't make those requests, then they're not going to proactively come back to you and make those requests. That's just not the way kids work. So we need to stop telling ourselves a story as parents that isn't true, especially as fathers. And we also need to, to make the requests of our kids to spend that time together. And I think if we have a plan and are intentional, then again, it just has a way of working itself out. Yeah, I, I think, you know, and it just it, as you were talking, it made me think back to your kind of revolutionary idea, which is, you know, when we're telling ourselves the story that our kids don't want to hang out with us, we're making ourselves the hero, not the kid the hero. We're worried about like, you know, am I, and it's all natural. I don't, I'm not blaming anybody. I sure certainly do. Like, I'm not cool enough. I'm not exciting enough. But to your point, it's not about us. It's about them and what they want to do. And I think if you curse me with my, my older son, and he's not quite, I mean, he's still 12. So, but, you know, if, if I make it about him and what he's interested in, there's that piece, and I think you're exactly right. When I first started to ask the question, you know, I was thinking, you know, with older kids, it's going to be more difficult. But I think you're right. I think in some ways, it, I don't know if easier is the right term, but it's almost like you've got a plant that, that hasn't been watered in 15 years, and now you're going to offer it some water. Well, it's going to soak that up, you know? Like, I think that's exactly right. Like, no matter what facade, you know, your 15-year-old might be putting on, a boy or girl, you know, if you come to them and say, and make it about them and speak to them about their interests and like, hey, would you like to go shoot hoops or, or like you say, go ride a bike or whatever it is that they like to do. I don't know any kid that wouldn't, that wouldn't jump on that. I think you're spot on. And I love the analogy of the plant with the water and soaking it up. And I think that's the way that, that kids are. And you got to water a plant to make it grow, right? And so, you know, if you want that relationship to grow with your child, you have to, to nurture it. And, you know, the best way that I know is just to be intentional. And, you know, Tom, and I think this being the Parent at Work podcast, there's there's one thing that I want to make sure that, that we cover. And that is this concept of peak performance as as a father or yeah. as a parent. Because, you know, you've said it a couple of times, and I, and I think it is an interesting mind shift that we, we focus on peak performance in our careers, in our health, in our, in our marriages, in, in other areas of life, in our finances. You know, we strive after so many things and, and we give 110% in so many areas and we do research and we try to become better and we read self-help books. But how often do we do that for fatherhood? And I think one of the challenges there is that if we're not taking care of ourselves by building in that margin, if we're not exercising and eating right and taking time for ourselves and you know, spiritually getting our heads right through prayer and meditation and, and, you know, working at those areas of your life, then how can you take care of others? And I think that's a big part of this too, is as professionals, we still need to strive for all the things that we strive for during the week. And the point is though, do you take that same mindset into your role as a parent? And if you can make that shift, that's part of that intentionality, because now I know that I'm building keystone habits in my life that are impacting all areas of my life, including being a parent. 
And so, you know, if there's one message out there for, for parents who are working, it's hard. It's one of the hardest things in the world, especially when you have two parents that are working and you have kids and you're trying to manage all of that. You have to be at peak performance in order to, to make that, that whole tribe function and function at a high level. And it's an area of concern because there are so many things distracting us during the week, so many things distracting us as parents. And if we don't have a focus on it, then it can easily spiral out of control. And it's really hard to get that back. Yeah, I think that's a that's a great point that, you know, that there, you've got to have that element of, well, first of all, I think the point is, is true that to acknowledge that, that it, it is hard, you know, I mean, it's, it's just, you know, if this were easy, you know, we wouldn't have all these podcasts and books and your website, like it's just hard um, to be working and to have young kids. And, you know, the, it's just, I think probably it's always been difficult to raise kids, but now it's, it's just, it's just there's an added layer to it. I think just, we don't have as many resources. There are more career demands. People, you know, tend to move away from family. And so they don't have extended family around to, you know, to help out. And so you've got these parents who are on an island, essentially an emotional island and a a time island that have to try to do it all themselves. So it absolutely is, is, is difficult. And, and you're, you're right. I mean, this is so hard. We, you know, my wife and I struggle with this, you know, within our household to remember to, you know, as they say, when, you know, you know, when you're on the airline, on the, on the airplane and there's problems with it and the oxygen mask drops down, you got to put the oxygen mask on yourself first. So you can be clear headed to help your kids. And I think, you know, we find ourselves in our own, in my, in my family, you know, like it's almost the worst of both worlds because we are, we are focusing everything on our children, but not in an intentional way like you're talking about. It's just sort of being around without realizing that there has to be an element of self-care. And, you know, if you're married or you're in a partnership, there has to be the care of that, too. You can't let that languish because you got to you can't be at peak performance if you don't have those two pieces together. And I think and I know I'm guilty of this, like you just easy to fall into the situation where you're right, you put all the time into career, into your finances, and you read the self-help books, and you do all the stuff. And then you just sort of expect your marriage and your kids to just sort of take care of themselves. And they won't if you don't pay attention to them. Exactly right. So just, uh, you know, just because, you know, you and I are both entrepreneurs, as is your wife and a lot of folks who listen to this podcast, and not everyone, but some people, but I would love to just ask you some about the guts of your, of what you're doing. Like, so what do you, just tell me, what do you, are you, are you posting on YouTube or you, what kind of camera are you using? It's just, everything is so well done and presented. What's your, what's your secret? Oh my goodness. Thank you for, for saying that. I feel like it's amateur hour half the time. Um, you know, we, we like most entrepreneurs are bootstrapping at this point and starting off with, with what we had available. So I used my iPhone for a period of time to film and then we were able to upgrade to GoPros and now I've got a, a GoPro stick that I use, which is great for stabilization and allows the kids to actually film because <laughs> when I would let them film some of the early videos, they would run and shake the camera and it was, it was unusual. I think you, you'd throw up trying to watch the film. So um, right, right. we are, we are big fans of GoPro and those work great. Um, allows me to get good shots and, you know, living in Charleston, South Carolina, we have a lot of beach activities. And so it allows us to take them in the water and be outside and, and use those. I have uh, I'm a Mac person, so right now I'm also doing all the editing for the for the photography and the videos, and so I know just enough to be dangerous. And I love iMovie, and then certainly YouTube has made that easy as a platform to post those through. And then Instagram is probably the the largest social platform that I utilize, just because it is so graphical in nature. 
and certainly also post to Facebook. But we love the use of Instagram and have developed a, a great following there. And then just as a as a professional tool that also I think has worked for me as a parent is uh, Evernote. I love Evernote. I've done the outlines for my book. I keep a lot of the activities that we do in there. I set goals and and use that for all sorts of, of venues just to keep track of what we've got going on for Daddy Saturday. And, and that's been a, a valuable resource as well. Yeah, I know. I love Evernote. Is, um, we'll put that in the show notes too. Evernote is, is awesome. Do you ever follow or see Michael Hyatt's stuff? Absolutely. I'm a big fan of Michael Hyatt's and, you know, He's all about goal setting and, and living the life life that you were destined for. And I, I think um, he's got some great stuff. He's a big Evernote guy as well. Exactly. That's what just got me thinking about it. He's got some great resources on uh, on Evernote, in addition to just being a, a fascinating person to follow follow generally. So what kind of, I've never obviously know what GoPro is, but never used them. Are you, what kind do you use? What model? I've got the, the GoPro 5 and it's incredible. I mean, what I love about it is the fact that it's, it's big enough and it's waterproof. So we can, I mean, the kids drop it. Uh, we take it underwater. It gets sand on it. Um, and it's, it's basically been indestructible. So we're big fans. Yeah, that's cool. Right? Well, well, you should get a commission because I might go out and buy one of those now because uh, the, the 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 video quality on your website is just is so good, and to you know to have something indestructible that kids can use like that is is you know is fantastic. Yeah. So so anyway, that's great. Well, listen, I you know Justin, I, I really appreciate you willing to be on the, on the podcast. You know, I had one last question, which I think you've answered, which is what one piece of technology or app would you recommend to for, you know, for, for work-life integration? Maybe it's Evernote. Do you have anything other than that? You know, I'm a big fan of technology, but I also feel like there's a, a sense where I'm I'm a student of Proverbs and I have a journal that I keep because I'm always trying to, to gain wisdom, right? Wisdom as a father. And I think that personally journaling is a lost art. And many times I'll take a picture of that journal that I've handwritten and I'll store that in Evernote. So I'll go back to Evernote, but I'll say getting there through the, the art of personally journaling is an important point. And it's also a great way to capture those memories and those inside baseball, as a father will call it, that you may not be able to do otherwise. Yeah, now that's sometimes low tech is the best way to go. All right, Justin. Well, thanks again for being on the podcast and Look forward to checking out the book and all the rest of the stuff that you've got coming out. Thank you, Tom. It was a real pleasure. Appreciate you having me. Okay. Bye-bye. Thanks for joining us for another episode of the Parents at Work podcast. Are you interested in learning more about our show, our hosts, or today's guest? Do you have a comment or question you'd like to share with the Parents at Work community? Then contact us at www.spigolaw.com slash podcast. We'll see you next time.